to season four of Dreams and Bones, the podcast designed to help us all learn more about practicing the art of creative living. This podcast is part of Grow Me a Story, our website dedicated to the idea that everyone is creative and inch by inch, row by row, we want to help you grow the creative dreams and bones in your life through conversation with other creatives. My name is Carol Willem Roberts. And I'm her husband, Paul. As your creativity cultivators, Carol and I have been bringing special guests to you since the beginning of 2022 to talk with us about the deep joy and meaning that comes from practicing the art of creative living. Here on this third Friday of September, we will be sharing episode three of our interview with our good friend, Jesse Carraway, a young mother of two of our creative summer campers. Jessie uses her own creativity with social media to share stories about her family, especially her eight-year-old autistic daughter, Eliza. Today, we'll hear Jessie talk more about the ways Eliza expresses herself and her creativity. Here is another episode of our Dreams and Bones interview with Jessie Carraway. side of things or from the Thayer and I are both neurotypical neurotypical <laughs> love I love the vocabulary of this this is fascinating from the neurotypical side uh, of this it appears as if the little bit of interaction that I have had through my life with neurodiverse mm-hmm. that there is a connection to music uh, there is a connection seemingly to technology. Is yeah. that is that the norm? Because we are looking for a norm to yeah. understand the world. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think there tends to be... There's a there's a famous saying, when you meet one autistic person, you've met one autistic person. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think it definitely varies. But I think there are a lot of connections to music, to creativity, to things, you know, like I said before, it's missed often because um, I look at Eliza and I would, I think her, her past teachers, her behavioral interventionist, I would say, oh, Eliza doesn't really like to color. So something as simple as, you know, most kids her age like to color. Mm-hmm. And I would say, oh, she doesn't really like to color. And I had to correct myself with that a little bit mm-hmm. because it's not that she doesn't like to color. It's that she, when she feels that creative desire mm-hmm. to do it, she'll, she will ask. She will seek out different colors. She will seek out doing it. Um, but we sort of put her in this box of mm-hmm. like, oh, well, she turned away. She didn't want to color at school this day. So she must not want, you know, she yeah. must not like coloring. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's like, oh, well, that's that's not really true. It mm-hmm. would sort of be like, you know, sort of be like saying, well, Eliza just doesn't really like talking. Well, mm-hmm. that's not true. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, of course yeah. she wants to communicate. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just, you know, she wants to do it in her way, mm-hmm. as we all do. Right. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> so yeah. I think some of that, the creativity that you see, the um being able to understand technology, mm-hmm. to connect with music, to connect with creativity is a comfort level mm-hmm. for them. And I think mm-hmm. when they when they figure that out and they have autonomy over it, they're really able to, it's a control. It's a comforting mm-hmm. control, which yeah. again, we all want. Who right. doesn't sure. want to right. feel yep. in control of their surroundings or their own body or mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. own you know experiences? And so you see that a lot. Eliza uses music to 
um, regulate and cope throughout the day. She has a speech device, so she has a split screen with one side of um, her, all of her words and you know anything she would want to talk about, and then the other side is her playlist of music. Hmm. For her, that's just the way that she can cope throughout the day, self-regulate, right. mm-hmm. um, have access to those those tools. And so I think music is just such a connection for them. And you hear a lot of things being said. I've read some some really interesting information and it makes me laugh because I think poor Eliza, she sits here and listens to us sing to her all the time. You know, like we'll try to enter her world. Like uh-huh. she'll be listening to a song and we'll try to sing along mm. and she'll look at us or she'll, you know, make a noise like she wants us to stop. Yeah. And at first we were just like, well, you know, we're just, we just want to sing your song. Uh-huh. We just want to yeah. be in your world. Yeah. But you read some things really about the makeup of, of, of the way that they're um, ears work, the auditory input of it, and that they can detect perfect pitch. Mm-hmm. Well, oh. if somebody doesn't oh. have perfect pitch, which we do not, <laughs> like, you know, then, and then you get that look. Right. No wonder, like, that's got to be painful, you know. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear their favorite song botched by, you know, especially their parents. But, oh. So it's those type of things that you start to realize and you think, yeah, no wonder they're so attuned to music and, right. and creativity because they have that. They have that connection connection that Mm -hmm. they can that they Mm -hmm. can make Mm -hmm. so it was fun yeah seeing some of those connections throughout the week when we had our camp of where she we were doing twinkle twinkle little star or something and then all of a sudden she finds it on her tablet and and um yeah and then the time the you talking about the what's your favorite instrument and you were thinking oh you know, this is the way it works. And before you even get over there, she's picking drums. <laughs> yeah. And that, I mean, that is, was so neat. It's so cool to see because you, I look at my husband and I, I look at Thayer and I think we're, we are Eliza's biggest fans. We're her, mm-hmm. you know, we're in her corner. We're so supportive. We want nothing but for the world to know how wonderful she is. Mm-hmm. And we miss those moments we underestimate. And yeah. I hate to even say mm-hmm. that it's really mm-hmm. hard to admit that as her parents, because that's what you're trying to fight against. It yes, feels like with the exactly. world and society right. Right. is you don't want people to ever under- underestimate her. But yeah, in that moment, you're, you know, you're sitting there, she's sitting next to a peer. She's asking her what her favorite instrument is. And I'm, I'm getting anxious thinking, how is Eliza going to answer on her device? And because that isn't her typical, she doesn't typically answer on a device, a question. Right. Um, Eliza is not conversational yet. Um, and so it was one of those moments where you're trying to think, okay, I'm running through my head thinking, what instrument does she play at home the most? I think she'd probably pick, Zy- you know, I'm about to say xylophone yeah. and Eliza's already, yeah, they're yeah. hitting drums and it was like, <gasps> and then you're trying not to, you know, yeah. make the peer wonder why you're like, you know, in your head going, wow, it was such a huge moment. But, you know, you realize so much of that, that is every day that for all autistic people, they're constantly being underestimated Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, there's just a lot to ponder about that of how much we do that to them and what again what are we missing because of that because we think this just isn't going to work or this isn't Mm -hmm. they're not going to do this but what if they did you know it is that but Mm -hmm. what if Mm -hmm. you know and it is Mm -hmm. that you'll hear people talk about the power of yet Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and what that means you know Eliza isn't conversational yet but we have no idea you you know you the wide variety of stories you hear about 
you know, there was a story on the news recently about a, a girl who graduated college as the valedictorian, and she's completely nonverbal. She mm-hmm. doesn't speak. She she gave her whole speech on a device. Mm. Um, you know, you hear all of these stories about how people were underestimated, and and then they have these great success stories. Right. And in some ways, it's really easy to get caught up in the headline of it and be like, wow, this was so neat that she did this and that she overcame. And it's like, wait a minute. She was capable of this the whole time. It's everyone else that overcame. Yeah. Yeah. And so it really does put into perspective how you have to shift some of the way you think about it. Are you starting or currently working on a creative project, but don't know what to do next? Do you need someone to talk to? Someone who will give you feedback and tools to get your creativity back on track. This is what Gromia's story is all about. Paul and Carol Willem Roberts, your creativity cultivators, will help you start, continue, or complete creative projects, big or small. Visit www.gromiastory.com to learn how Paul and Carol can help. Now, back to Dreams and Bones. remember last summer when you know at the end of the week and you know having our little thing and you had Eliza there and she was not comfortable no. in her surroundings <laughs> and and then even just all, all the little things throughout the year that you would bring her to and it was like oh every time you saw her she was like she's getting better yeah. you know she's a little closer, she's, a, a a little little. closer. <laughs> she's yeah and then yeah to have her come in and and exceed your expectations yeah. for the week. And it was so, yeah, it was so cool to just, and to, I think, to have her in that unique environment. Yeah. I mean, it was a very unique thing, but just see how she thrived in that and just so wonderful to, yeah, and, and for us to be able to see that as well yeah. and be a part of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was such a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... Carol and I both, I would say, we just enjoy getting to know kids. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what age. There's something special about kids. And so to have that opportunity felt like our privilege. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we mm-hmm. were pretty excited about that. Well, so. and I think, too, it was, wasn't only exciting to see Eliza doing different things, but seeing the kids the interacting kids. Yeah, with her and being so, so comfortable fun. with her. I mean, yeah. at first it was, you know, little, right. <laughs> you know, um, little Ruby. Ruby. Yeah. yeah. You know, why is she screaming? Yeah. Why is she doing this? You know, and, but then yeah. after a day or two, it was like, nope, no big deal. Right. And, and, and yes. the fact that you came and kind of talked to the kids. And I think that was very helpful. And and I think it helped them understand. But after a while, it was just like, oh, you know, no big deal. Yeah. But and some of them just yeah, and just love. Give me five, you know. Yes. Like there were certain ones yeah. that yeah. And but I think you know toward the end they were like yeah, this is this, this is who, yeah this who is she who is, is and yeah. we can. It's funny because you know someone like Ruby that is such a gift 
to the situation mm-hmm. because it is our normal response to say, oh, Ruby, don't don't say that. Don't yeah. don't ask why she's yelling. It's like, no, Ruby, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, come on. Like let's uh-huh. ask it. Let's talk about it yeah. because it's not gonna go away. Uh-huh. Right. You know, and, and right. that's just part of Eliza will go through those ups and downs of really loud verbal protests. And that is hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to yeah. because it's unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't what our day-to-day looks like mm-hmm. in society. Right. But it makes me wonder, you know, is that what it, it society doesn't look like that because are all the autistic people, you know, feeling like they have to stay away? Do they only go to the store when it's quiet? Do they mm-hmm. only do things when they feel like they're welcome and able to be there? Right. And I think Eliza taking part in the creativity camp, what was so neat and really speaks volumes to, you know, the atmosphere you guys provided mm-hmm. is that kids will learn and and explore off of the vibes they're feeling around them Mm -hmm. so because you guys were open and willing to sort of just Mm -hmm. let eliza explore Mm -hmm. they were able to feel that pressure off of like okay we can just kind of watch and see what she's doing Mm -hmm. we can we can ask questions it's okay to to wonder why she's doing this Mm -hmm. or why Uh she isn't and it helps because you think you know what if one of those kids goes to school next year and they they have an autistic you know, student in their right. classroom and they're able to, they're one step closer to being able to understand and accept mm-hmm. them and yeah. help their friends do right, that. Right, so it's right. this, this trickle effect mm-hmm. that really goes through. Um, but yeah, Eliza thriving during the camp. I just, I can't think of a better experience where there has been no pressure of expectation mm-hmm. that right. we've been met with. You yeah. know, a lot of times when you're walking into something, it's like, okay, we're all going to sit down and do this, or we're all going to participate like this. And that isn't what it looks like for Eliza. A lot of it is the brainstorming of, well, what could it look like for her? How Mm. can she be included? Mm -hmm. And, and can we also let off the pressure of, you know, as a mom, a lot of times I look at things like, um, it's like some of the art projects Mm -hmm. during the week. It was like, oh, would I love Eliza to do this? You know, yes. But why would I love her to do it? Because I want it. Right. Because I want right. to, ha- you know, because I want to be able to say that she did it. Uh-huh. Or is it really because I want to see her enjoy it? Yeah. And so when I let go of mm-hmm. my expectations, mm-hmm. she and then being able to watch her come in and uh-huh. really thrive in yeah. those moments. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you you had sent me the video of her when she was painting and again painting is one of those things we would have said Eliza doesn't like to paint well that's not true it's just Eliza wants to paint right in in the atmosphere and in the timing Uh that she wanted Um, but you can see it on her face how proud she is you know for other people to acknowledge it Mm -hmm. to have people giving her high fives Um, so yeah it was just really cool to see and I just I will never get tired of the curiosity of kids, yes. you know, mm-hmm. and, yes. and being able to talk about it and share about it is yeah. such a, it's just a gift. It yeah. is because you don't hear a lot of those conversations happening. And mm-hmm. so when you can kind of plant some of those seeds when yeah. they're younger and realize, you know, someone like Ruby is a world changer. She's right. going to go out and she's going to rock this world right. and she could take with, you know, this experience mm-hmm. and go and be welcoming and accepting to someone that she may not have even crossed paths with normally. Right. Um, So it does. It's just such a trickle effect. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was such a good environment for Eliza to be a part of. Yeah. It was really And it was. And, and, you know, and you talking about, you know, coming up and painting. And there were lots of moments like that where 
she she was at the table with the kids, you know, and she would, you know, and then grabbing the triangle of the triangle, you know, and just, and even at the park, I mean, her being a part of the group photo and and just standing right next to everybody and, you know, because you don't know. Mm -hmm. And and it was so cool. And and even just play, you know, just, I mean, she was kind of in her own world, but yet she was part of their world too. And and, and they were just playing around her. And and it was great. And sometimes wanting to include her. Yeah, I know. And they were, they were just, and they they were just a great group of kids. I mean, and it was just, yeah, it was just wonderful. Thank you for joining us for another year of conversations with people who live creative lives. Paul, any thoughts on today's episode? Well, it was very interesting to hear Jesse talk about our tendency to uh, underestimate Eliza or or anyone with uh, autism or anyone I suppose that is neurodivergent. Uh, we can we can struggle with that, and and when we underestimate them. We're the ones that are missing out. Well, as we bring this episode to a close, we would like to thank you for listening to this program. Would you like to see what else we do at Grow Me A Story? Visit www.growmeastory.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter, read our Fertile Ground blog posts, and find more ways to learn about living a creative life. Join us next Friday for Episode 4 of our interview with Jesse Carraway. And don't forget to subscribe to Dreams and Bones on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Just search and subscribe to any of these apps on your phone, and you will be notified each Friday when another episode of Dreams and Bones has been published.